This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen. Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. crime opus, Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and joining me for the 153rd minute of Michael Mann's 1995 crime opus is a man whose own Twitter will tell you that uh, his recent internet dating profile updates involve him... uh, heartbreakingly walking away from a, a, a lady in his life and then skipping down the stairs away from her, much like the minute that we're about to cover. Um, this guy's good people. Um, uh, he is Mr. John Abrams, the editor of The Daily Grindhouse. John, thank you so much for coming Hi. back on the show, mate. Thanks for having me back. This is a thrill. <laughs> so, so before we... Um, uh, uh, before we you know dive in and start talking all things uh, heat, let's just uh, jump straight into the minute at hand. Um, a very emotional minute um, in in the overall context of the of the film. Um, you would have heard in the last episode that just got published, or you may have heard when I was posted it as a bonus tribute. It's the incredible Pasquale Buba um, did this mm. did this minute, edited this minute, spoke about it. May he rest in peace. Um, so now we um, we've heard from Pasquale. Um, and uh, if, if his family or friends have just listened to that episode, thank you for following along. Thank you for listening. Um, he made a massive impact on this show and on this film. Um, and so uh, we want to say thank you first. But now let's get down to um, brass tacks um, with Mr. John Abrams on the following minute, minute 153. We're going to watch it together. You guys are going to listen along, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. I'm not what you want, Justine. Well, go on if you have to. No. I'll stay. No, I'm, I'm okay. I can, I can handle this. <sighs> Just be careful. Call me here. Let me know you're okay. Okay. Oof. <laughs> there it is, my friend. Every time, every time. Yeah, it's uh There's just something so poetic about that sort of lonely um horned instrument as Vincent's mm-hmm. descending down the steps and then you come back and then there's Diane Venora yeah. who's been so, you know, in their exchanges, it's always been very strong and stoic and almost like totemic. Mm-hmm. And then to watch her yeah. shoulders fold in, yeah, it's uh, it's some powerful stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's my favorite moment in the movie, and it's one of my favorite movies. So it's that's just one of my favorite moments in movies. <laughs> what, what, why is uh, why is it your favorite? I I think I know why, why but I'd love to hear you articulate it because I think oh, you you've got to take. Well, we're breaking up a little. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to hey, say. Blake? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm still here. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we I got a little choppy there. Oh no, all, all good. Um, so you know, I think you know, you're a great movie mind. What what about this minute? Do you love so much? Um, it's just so. You know, it's it's interesting how it's kind of changed for me uh, over the years. You know, yeah. um, because when I first saw the movie, I was I saw it. You know, in its original theatrical run, I guess I would have been seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, and um, at that, you know, at that time. I, you you want him to leave, you know. I mean, if you're, I'm. Let's let's like I'm I'm talking about this from a, a straight male perspective, male and narrative okay. and and narrative uh, fulfillment perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, we, but we, I mean, I we kind it, of need him to matters, leave. I think it matters, you know, in, in that because um, I think like that's um, that's that's part of how I've hopefully evolved as a person. I I would hope a little bit, you know, in the last uh, twenty three years. <laughs> <laughs> that um you know you kind of you want you want him to get out of that hotel because uh, sorry hospital because you want him to go to the hotel you know you want him to confront the nero that's what that's what you came to see you know the the the, the poster says pacino the nero heat you know and you want to see that confrontation you don't want to see you know him in a hospital waiting room consoling his wife <laughs> you know uh, as they agree to but um, every time I watch that moment, that scene, it gets sadder and sadder Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's, that's, it's not what I want, you know, cause I know, I know what's coming for, for both characters. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in a way it's sadder for, it's sadder for Vincent because Neil, Neil's story ends when this movie ends, you know what I mean? Yes. Like I mean, both of their stories end, obviously, but Vincent keeps going, but he keeps going without Justine. Yeah. Um, the same way that, you know, the same way that I, I'm sad when I rewatch this, I'm sad for Edie to, you know, what happens to her life. Yeah. There's Neil, you know, uh, Vincent, like what's, what, what strikes me is that, um, we're watching this movie from the perspective of we want to see Pacino and De Niro, you know, and those are the guys that we're, we're tracking and, and the movie rightfully, you know, that's, that's how it plays. But in the context of the character, Vincent Hanna, like it's more important to his life that he just agreed to basically divorce this woman, Justine, you know what I mean? Like yes. Neil is just another crook at the end of the day. Uh, this is just another day at work for Vincent. You know, you know, obviously it's it's a significant moment for for Vincent, and obviously, you know, life changing for Neil. What happens in this movie? But um, Vincent's going to keep on going, becoming being a robbery homicide detective. You know what I mean? Like he's going to he's going to go back to work next week. You know, if this say, <laughs> he, he, he goes on to heat too, you know, but like it, it only gets sadder. It only gets sadder for him from here because now he's without this woman and she's a good woman. I mean, that's the only, I, I think I talked about this the last time I was on the show too. Like when you're, when you're a, a, a 17 or 18 year old, uh, straight guy and you know, 
I mean, hopefully you're <laughs> a little sensitive, but there's still a part of you that's like, eh, no, you're a high, is. you're a high functioning, you're a high functioning ape, really until you're 25. <laughs> she, she's holding us back from the fireworks. You know yes. what I mean? She, she wants to talk, and uh, and 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 he wants to get out there and and catch, you know, shoot guns and catch the bad guy, and that's what we want to see. And and also, um, what's what's sad though, you know, to your to your point there, John, is that as we continue to reappraise it we get older we get more emotionally mature like we watch here and we see that she so gets him like she gets him she nails him even in her most you know practice and rehearse you know eviscerations of him in this movie like she gets him she understands and 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 the tragedy of it is that overwhelming like continuing sort of exponential tragedy with vincent's character and their relationship is that she knows it's going to be over like she knows that no matter what she does in this context there's, it's going to be over. And while right now she's the reins on it, and 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 for right. certain viewings of this movie, we we can't wait for him to skip down those steps. Like it's like a musical. It's a wish fulfillment. It's like God damn it, yes, we're just as excited as yeah. you as you trance down those steps. The twofold tragedy of it is the steps aren't played. Other than the performance of it, the steps aren't played for us to be satisfied. It's there's a lonely, aching wind instrument just sort of. Mm-hmm. underscoring that descent and then punctuating, you know, Diane Venora's unbelievably powerful emoting of like pretending that everything's going to be okay because she almost has to manifest that. She has to be like, right. I believe that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I got this. If you need to go do what you got to do. And she's yeah. giving, she's, she's cutting him loose much in the same way that Charlene cuts Chris loose. Like she's just going, this is over. I'm giving you permission. And then we see the fallout in, in all its sort of tragic glory. Right. But yeah, I mean, she's still, she's a mother of a teenager who just uh, attempted suicide. suicide. You know, she, that's, that's sincerely profoundly affecting stuff, you know, and, and in a way, you know, I just, I think, you know, thinking of these, like thinking they're not real people. They're, they're, they're brilliantly written characters brilliantly played by by actors but thinking of them as if they were real people i mean what really happened here is that this guy is Rob, robbery homicide detective it's important what his job is it's important that he catch neil you know neil neil robbed a bank and a lot of people were hurt during that robbery and killed. so yeah so it's it's yeah so it's 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 reasonable for him to prioritize this but at the same time, I mean, what we're watching in this moment is we're watching a man, you know, leave his wife in the most vulnerable state moment, yes. potentially that you know that that a mother could be experiencing. Um, and 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 yeah, when 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 we're seventeen or eighteen, maybe we're excited about that. But um, and I think the I think the filmmaking kind of backs that up in the sense that. You know, you point out the the orchestral kind of swell as he zooms, and it's, it's a beautiful shot. It's like Michael Mann shoots like Pacino in that moment, like uh, Howard Hawks used to shoot John Wayne. Yes, like it's a it's a low angle, and he's he's moving. He looks cool, and the camera almost like kind of there's not a misstep. Up. There's not a misstep. Yeah. he's just but, yeah. The camera's with the, but the camera kind of rises up. Mm. as that as that orchestral swell rises up and it's like you feel like like uh, you know like a weight has been lifted you know and it's almost like it's it is a sad moment but it's also kind of like 
like like we're we're, we're exhaling like woof and now here we go you know it's exciting and I you know maybe I'm reading too much into this but then don't ever right say that on the show John don't ever say that <laughs> okay well here I go here I go down the here I go down the wormhole then um the, you know then it, it cuts down to it cuts after you know that kind of triumph sadly triumphant heroic but sad moment with Pacino uh we cut back to Diane Venora sitting in the waiting room you know as you like aptly described just kind of her her shoulders kind of sagging you know with the weight of what she's she's left with there and uh and maybe when I'm looking at this one with younger eyes I'm like oh why'd you cut back to to that sad shit like we were just about to <laughs> Go out there and and you know and and, and chase the chase the, the criminal, you know. Um, but now again, like with you know twenty three year old, uh, twenty three years later, you know, having seen more of the world, having you know experienced more of people, like it just that's the absolute right choice because it it makes you think of um, of her. Uh, it reminds you of her that she's she's a character she's a person too you know um, yeah, she's and, not and just it makes you yeah. it makes you understand that even in a moment it makes you reappraise those times in your life and I, this is why i think it's a deeply a deeply relatable moment as well as an affecting one it's like the times in your life that you were given permission to be you yeah without any consequences you know so right. she gives him permission to go be himself even though right. she knows that it's probably personally more tragic, even though she's in denial about how much she actually gets him and is, is this the right thing to do, and even though she knows there's probably a really short-term satisfaction for him ultimately in pursuing this yeah. moment. I, um, I I have, like, a, a kind of parallel to that. I also uh, I wrote in my notes, I said this is, like, basically the most romantic depiction of ghosting ever put on a film. <laughs> yes. It is, <laughs> you know, and the, the, nobody wants to hear too much about my personal life. But uh, you know, I was I was ghosting long before <laughs> the New York Times did a trend piece on it. Um, I'm not necessarily proud of that, but I but that's what I recognize in it that that moment of like, you're out of here. I'm free of commitment. Yeah. This could have been this could have been a commitment, and I'm free of it. And even if I care about this person, you know, I'm out. I'm out. You know, and you're putting you're putting other stuff. You're finding other stuff to put in front of it. And you know, obviously, in the case of Vincent Hanna, well, he's putting something important in front of it. Yeah, he's going he's going to to catch a, a robber and 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 a killer. Yeah, most um, definitely. Yeah. So but, the, thing, uh, the thing is with Vincent is like from a. I think there's the, that's the great twofold way that we approach these characters as like archetypes or characters that are relatable as like real people, even though they're like heightened, supersized, dramatic versions of real people, is that from a yeah. narrative perspective, we get his motivation to do what he's got to do. And it's the most paramount, of, of paramount importance that he does it. And even under the, it, it also shows that, you know, that Vincent can see the forest from the trees as far as like, uh, Lauren is out of a, excuse me. Lauren is out yeah. of immediate danger, and right, right. Justine is there, and he and he respects Justine enough to say to, when she gives him permission to leave that she can that he can leave. But but at the same time, you you know, 
we have watched this movie so many times and we and anyone who's listening along with us, uh, if you've been doing it for yeah. 150 <laughs> odd episodes, you know, we know the collective weight of what is coming. Like we know that this, you know, this, this perceived uh, lack of responsibility or perceived lack of commitment is just a, it's a false thing. It would be like someone, if you're in the gym and trying to do a chin up, it would be like someone coming in like, you know, like Sanka and cool runnings and like lifting you like, you're like, you feel like super powerful in that moment because you're doing like 50 channels, but really someone's lifting you up in the air to enable you to do that. It's, it's like that, like the weight's still there with Vincent. It's deferred, but it's there because I think when you look at these decisions that he makes, this is some of the stuff that comes back to crash on you like a tsunami in the closing minutes of this film. It's like the realize yeah. the yawning gaps in his life you know the 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 husk of what is left at the end of the film mm-hmm. um is part of that like sort of soaring tragic moment of both satisfaction mm-hmm. and tragedy because in this moment like he's he's cutting his final ties I'm really happy you brought that up because I didn't want to I didn't want to intrude on somebody else's future minute but uh, <laughs> I think it really like it really does link to that that last moment you know because um there's that close up of Pacino's face and you're just kind of like, what do you, what do you think he's thinking about? Like, I'm asking you, like, I'm asking myself too, like, what do you think he's thinking about? Like, again, to us, the big story here is obviously the, the confrontation with, with Vincent, uh, sorry, with Neil, sorry. And, uh, you know, everything that just, everything that we saw happen in the past three hours of this movie. But, um, I imagine that, Michael Mann and Al Pacino and Diane Venora probably thought about this aspect of it. Like he's, he's thinking he's probably, there's a part of him thinking like, wow, I just left my lady for, the, you know, for this. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Like I'm standing in, <laughs> sorry. I think it's like, you know, that moment where you say your life flashes before your eyes. Like that's what it, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like, could there have been a way, out that I didn't choose. But also I think, you know, that's an important framing to say like, you know, without trading too much on future minutes, like what else is left for Vincent? That's why this movie I think is able to be gone back to so many times. And so it has that yeah. infinite rewatchability is because as we watch all the mounting carnage and fallout that happens in this movie, yeah. you know, both, you know, literal physical and and then emotional it's that emotional aspect of it and being able to sort of Mm -hmm. project that through in the end and go wow like not only is this a tense movie an intense movie an epic movie um it's also like a very heightened emotional movie that when you get to this moment you're 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 forced to sort of be there in the way and there's a deep ambivalence to pacino's facial performance like especially in those stares off into the distance i think you could read yeah mountains into it you could read mountains of you know written word into it it's it's kind of it's it's really special well yeah it's like him and neil standing in this darkened airfield like it looks like the end of the world you know yeah um (laughs) looks like they're the only two people in it you know there's this like there's this loneliness and they're the only two people in it and soon there's only one person in it you know and it's that's and, uh, an echo of this exact moment, like in this crazy, yeah. busy hospital that's chaos. They're now in yeah. this moment of reprieve, and there are two people in the minute. And then when she cuts him loose, there's one. And she, like she, she's having her Vincent moment. Like she's having to bear the weight 
of realization yeah. that the marriage is over, that she's just had a daughter who's attempted suicide, that she may have, you know, that, you know, what could she have done more to, to both correct the relationship and, and, and help Lauren yeah. to be in a better mental space about everything. It's, um, yeah. it's, Venora is just able to oh, articulate yeah. it a little bit yeah. better at the beginning of this minute, you know, prior to going, you know, this minute and the preceding minute talking about, you know, could, could we ever, could we ever succeed? Could this ever work? Could we ever make it happen? There's, I don't, it's somewhere along the line, I got the idea. I don't know if I read this in an interview or if I got it from a commentary or if there's a line of the movie that I'm not remembering, but the, the vocabulary that she uses, her character, um, I just got in my head that she's a therapist, you know, because she uses some pretty, she uses like, like words like detritus, you know, like yeah. these really major, <laughs> major vocabulary words. Well, I think you that make, make me think like you make a good point there, um, either that she's a therapist yeah. or she's been in therapy. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, we, we can imagine that he hasn't. Yeah. You know. And, and um, you know, I, I'm, I was really, you know, we've had some great guests on the show, and one one of those great guests is Sean Burns, who's a terrific mm-hmm. Bostonian critic and a, a manhead and a fan of this movie. And um, you know, Sean said one of the his his favorite parts of the show was my observation about Venora is that I feel like Justine is a character who has been left alone so much by Vincent in his continuous and sort of, you know. Um, yeah. ferocious pursuit of all these different foes, even prior to Neil Macaulay, that when you, I don't know, when you're saving up for a fight with your partner, you may, you know, you, you may have had previous yeah. relationships. What do you do? You rehearse that fight in your head in every commute, mm-hmm. in every moment that you're alone and you're rehearsing a fight mm-hmm. over and over again. And so I've never found anything artificial about the way that she undertakes that. But if you're rehearsing it and you're someone who's been in therapy, you're going to, try and eviscerate someone with the with the most clinical in the clinical way yeah. and 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 so you know yeah. whether she has that past or not I, I don't know it's probably a good question to ask michael mann <laughs> what exactly her story yeah. was um but but i think even if you don't know I, I i kind of like to think that you know she may have undergone some therapy and therefore when she's at home by herself stewing and getting frustrated with vincent she can go to the well mm. of these you know Ten dollar words and, and bring them into her rehearsed fights. That's a hundred dollar word, but yeah, I mean, she uh, like that's. Um, I, I it also like another thing I kind of I'm sure a ton of people have brought up on this podcast and yourself is think of like this movie is like known for being a long movie and we really don't get to know these characters that like you know this this this. The, the, the events of their lives before this movie yes we don't really know much about it we hear like stuff here and there i think like right behind right before this like uh justine says that uh uh, um, uh Lori's father is like away he, you know we hear a little bit about the father the asshole you know um and uh and we kind of you know we can speculate that she's been in therapy or she is a therapist and uh, you, we, but when you think about it, like we we almost get more of De Niro's past than than Pacino's. Like you know, De Niro says, like you know, he talks about his parents and I got a brother somewhere, but we don't get any of that to my memory with uh, with Vincent. No, I um, think I think with Vincent, 
Um, yeah, it's like a great choice <clears throat> because I think we have to. Vincent as the cop, as the good guy, as a moral compass, I think the the narrative has to work. You know, it doesn't have to work as hard for us to empathize with him. So with Neil, it's like those yeah, past okay. things and those yeah. things. Like it, that's how I would I'd say it because like you mm-hmm. get to learn about Vincent, but it's all the stuff you get to learn about Vincent can be later. It's like how good he is. First, it's like how good he is as a cop. He's sort of with his wife at the beginning, and everything seems like it's copacetic. And 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 that's yeah. why the first few viewings you might feel like Justine's unreasonable because she's like getting frustrated with him. Like, oh, the dinner went cold, and he's like, I got four bodies on a sidewalk, <laughs> Justine. I don't yeah. know why he sounds like that at that moment, but he sort of does. And yeah. uh, and that that whole you know, I'm sorry, the goddamn chicken got cold. You know, like that. That is the. Then we learn more about his past and 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 this compulsion almost that he has. But we we learn in, with Vincent by doing and the little bits of extra information. Yes. And there's yes. there's so little of like Vincent articulating his past. Um, it's just in their relationship. Yeah, I mean, you really like. I mean, I think I'm I'm just thinking back on it. Like you know, uh, Neil is like you know he mentions Jimmy McElwain in the yard or whatever. You know, you don't get, I love you how don't many get, of us heat nerds in this in this show have like we know Jimmy <laughs> McElwain's name. I I yeah, struggle remembering yeah. birthdays. I struggle remembering names of people that are like I've passed in you know day jobs and things like that. Blake, like, I can't remember girls I've ghosted <laughs> in my twenties. <20s. laughs> I, I honestly can't remember. I can't remember some of the people. I went to high school with, if I saw them in the street, I'd be like, I don't remember that person's surname or whatever. <laughs> but let me tell yeah. you, I know Jimmy McElwain yeah. in the yard. And that Donald Breeden housed in Folsom B-Wing and with Dobie mm-hmm. Rush, you know, like, and mm-hmm. I don't even know who Dobie <laughs> Rush is. He's a great grown man. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, but, but you really don't get any of those little peripheral details from, from, from the Vincent character. No, not as much. Uh, I just doesn't feel like. But I think you're. I think you're right. That's a, you know we don't really need anything like that to kind of humanize him. Like we're already kind of on his side. Maybe maybe I should put a little work more work in for us to sympathize with with the De Niro guy in the. Yeah, that's the art of this yeah. movie, right? Man says like, I yeah. want you to sympathize with whoever's on screen. He. Uh, I was just reading. Um, I, oh God. I wish I could quote who interviewed him, but it was an interview with Michael Mann where he's talking about, you know, his, his intentions with this movie and how he wanted to make a movie where it's, you know, it's kind of the, the two hander, um, and you're 100% rooting for, for both. You're invested in both protagonists, you know, one is the cop and one is the, the crook and you, you want them both to win. Um, I wish I could credit that. It'll come I've to me read the interview I... too. I'm not sure it is. Let's just say that it's Bill Gebiri. Sure, because, sure. Uh, because the yeah, day that we're I would recording, that, I would, have, would imagine that would be, it would be him. Yeah. The, the day we're um, recording, Bill Gebiri is, uh, <laughs> is, is his birthday. So um, uh, awesome. uh, in advance, a belated birthday because we've said it on the day itself. But uh, yeah, I, I, yes. it could be Bill Gebiri. But no, ex- exactly. That's it. That Happy was the intention. <laughs> that, was the, that was the intention. Yeah. And, and so I think yeah. in this moment, you know, Conversely, with the you know with the next tier of characters, you know with the Justines and the Charlenes and and the Edies, when they're on screen, we you know and and this is where there's sort of conflicting priorities about who we're going to be with because obviously Vincent and Neil are our key protagonists and they're our leads and we're going to follow them to the ends of the earth. But you know there's other conflicts that are really great when we see because we do want to sympathise with Justine and we do want to sympathise with Charlene. Yeah. 
but we want Chris to still work with Neil, you know? Right. And all those things, we just, there's all these little mini conflicts that we have. And in this moment, particularly, you know, where we're seeing, you know, we're seeing this punctuation moment at the end of this minute is all about, you know, the satisfaction of what the movie is, but then the movie also knowing that the characters are, you know, are their most authentic and real, even though they're heightened when they're experiencing the fallout of whatever decisions they're having to make. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just like kind of what strikes me about those decisions too, is like the, uh, the three major male characters, they, Mm -hmm. they're choosing in varying ways. They, they're choosing the fates they end up with. Like you can, again, like me projecting beyond, you know, beyond the end credits, like what happens to these characters next, you know, uh, Justine and Edie and Charlene, like their lives are, are, are rocked significantly, but (laughs) they, they all have the potential to kind of rebuild. Their lives aren't over. Yeah. Their lives aren't like there aren't, there, there can be, there can be hope. I mean, who knows, but there can be hope. Whereas like, Jesus Christ, the places that we get left with those three guys, you know, that's so bleak. Yeah. You know, like, like, where does Chris go? Where, where does Vincent go? I mean, I don't think there's, yeah. I think it's all bleak. I I wouldn't, I do not envy, I don't envy Charlene because now she's under suspicion from the police. So at worst, she has, at worst, they might, (laughs) they might impound all of her money. She has nothing. She might have to get out of there. The guy that she's currently is a sugar daddy who is her escape route is completely – she doesn't want anything to do with him. Right. You know, Justine's by herself having to look look after and care for this, you know, poor, you know, poor young girl who's recovering from suicide attempt. Yeah. Medicating herself on Xanax and Prozac and whatever, right. Prozac and weed – just to keep herself, you know, demeaning herself with people like Ralph, and uh, you know, you get you get those you get the you get those things, and uh, not, I, it's yeah, the the whole and and poor Edie, like she's just left in a car at a crime scene. Oh, it's terribly sad, but I just mean like she, you know, she she can she can she can it's it's potentially survivable. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> Like it's not you know like like Chris is like virtually disfigured and like where you know where does he go and you know Vincent Vincent most importantly to the to the minute that we're discussing like he chooses this yes he chooses yes. to be a, he ultimately chooses yes he's going after again like we keep saying you know he's Neil is a is a killer and a criminal and it's important to stop him I guess you know. Yes. Whatever your morality says, I mean, like if 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 Vincent doesn't go after him, then then Neil heads to Fiji forever, you know. Yes. Uh, nobody else gets hurt, right? Theoretically, but whatever. So it's no. important that he. Does that, it's but, it's but, so it's such a fantasy, right? It's like whenever we say it, it's like he was yeah, never going well, to Fiji. Of course, but I, yeah, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> but 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 ulti- like like pertaining to this minute, like this is like Vincent choosing ultimately to be alone. You know, and what we know about him, you know, he's three times married. He could get married the fourth time, but there's no reason to believe that it would end up any different. Like that's, he's, he's somebody who chooses 
to be alone. And uh, he doesn't necessarily have to be. You know, I don't think... Like, she's trying to make it work. She's trying to make it work through the whole movie, you know? Even the thing with Ralph. Like, she's trying to get a rise out of him. Um, she's trying to make it work. And he's, he's the one that says, no, I'm not, I'm not what you want. And he's the one that runs out of there. And he's the one that, that, that is, that is almost relieved to be shed of like that human connection, you know? And I do, like, I do feel like in the final moment of the movie where you see Pacino's face, like, I think he's thinking about that. He's not just thinking about, you know, Neil McCauley. He's thinking about Justine. Um, He's thinking about the 164 (laughs) minutes of movie that had happened prior. Yeah, I mean that's what we're that's what we're thinking about. That's what's in our head. But I'm, you know, I just feel like that character. You know, this is this is his job. Uh, the most significant change to his life is, you know, what happened in that hospital waiting room. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, like to, to you know to to us and to Neil, like the the events of this movie are the most important events. You know will involve these characters but vincent's life continues and what happens here like he he basically chose to be alone he put work in front of family yeah but there's it's 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 so weird is with vincent is like he absolutely does like i agree with you but it's like i don't think you could ever even talk to vincent in that language because no, for him, he, he's yeah. like it's like protect and serve, yeah, and and everything else, and yeah. people should have the same level of a work ethic and b like like sort of moral weight of if I don't do this, someone else might die, as the rest of his family. When okay. the family is like, no, you've got a job, and it's a it's a sucky and emotionally taxing job. And a very important job, but you still need to if you need to participate in this world with us. And I don't think Vincent even has that in his mind. He's like, I can switch off. Are you going to get this much of me? This is what you're going to get. Right. And yeah. and however unreasonable, unfair, or whatever that is, I I just yeah. look at it and I continue to go. You know what? He's just like he's an impenetrable force really like she can't get through to him like as you said she's been trying to get a rise out of him anything um and she's been in denial about their downfall and then eventually she's just like he's it doesn't matter how much i eviscerate him it doesn't matter how forthright i'm gonna be i'm gonna have to do something that offends him that actually attracts his attention to even get closure and so that's what's sort of sad and brilliant and tragic about him as a person i guess and and in this scene and how giddily he does ghost out of there um well, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I differ a little cause I feel like, I feel like he's aware of it. He just can't change it. Like that's yeah. to me what I kind of recognize in both these, you know, again, you know, I've said it before on this podcast that I, you know, obviously I'm not, not a career criminal and I'm not a, <laughs> a robbery homicide detective, you know? Um, but I, you're I not can, a career criminal. John? <laughs> uh, just a few don't let's not get into my uh, <laughs> I, I can relate to Neil a little easier than Vincent but that's a story for another podcast I think 
Um, <laughs> but the but the but the point is that that like the the emotions like that I spark to that I relate to that is so never clearer than in this one minute of this movie is that these two are guys that like you can explain it to them they can even talk to you about it yes they can even try but they're they can't change and that's the tragedy of it the tragedy of it is that neil can't let it go he can't like with all the stuff he talks about uh nothing in your life that you can't walk out of you know uh like i can just walk out in a minute no attachments he can't let it go with wayne grow and that's his downfall like he can't if he could just let it go let wayne grow go get in stay in the car with with edie go live a different life a better life this life that you've been working towards the entire movie he but he cannot let it go he can't let wingro go and the same thing with vincent it's like he 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 loves justine you know i I, at the very least like there are certain i mean the first time we meet both those characters like there are certain animal needs that they at least supply to each other like we got that you know like he he needs human connection um, but as far as like a real relationship that can last, like he cannot provide that. And I, I feel like he understands it. I feel like he just can't, you know, he's, there's, there's no way he's not going to take that call, you know, or that page, whatever it's 1995. Um, like he's, he's, he, you know, it's good that she lets him go, but like, like what would happen? She said, don't go. Like he would still do it. He can't change his nature. Like to me, that's what's like tragic about both of those guys is like they know what to do that could make them happy. They just don't do it. They can't, you know, because the job is more important than their happiness or Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. And the revenge to wink, like tying up all the loose ends and getting revenge for, for effing them over, you know, that's Six, he's got to get wing seemingly order. It's like it's sort of it's yeah. like it's like order. No, it's vengeance masquerading as order. Like he's he's mm-hmm. he's hungry f- for Wango. He's yeah. He's jonesing for it. He's jonesing for and it. He's worked everything he's worked for the entire movie. He's throwing it away just for that. And uh, it's I mean it's you know both those guys. It's just it's tragic. You know, I mean obviously <laughs> mortally tragic for Neil, but. You know, I would say equally tragic for Vincent in a way. You know, like the like what's what's worse? <laughs> you know, to to stick around and be be that character. You know what I mean? Like at least at least Neil goes out in a quote unquote blaze of glory. You know, like Vincent Vincent's got to go to work in the next day. He's all <laughs> going to start over. Again, you know, there'll be another Neil <laughs> for him. You know, um, but will there be another Justine? Uh, who knows? You know that that's what's that's what's so affecting to me about this moment and you know the, the final moments of the movie and the movie in general it's just uh pretty <laughs> but this 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 moment like is i mean this is this is why i watch movies like this is this is a sublime moment and like it's it's so fascinating to me how it's you know it's it's thrilling and kind of exultant but also terribly sad at the same time exact same time 
it's there's so much in that one minute and you know like i said that's just my favorite minute in the movie it's one of my favorite movies so (laughs) some days my favorite movie so i couldn't yeah it's hard to, I, you know, I get, I get imposter syndromes, like with all the, with all the great people you've had on this podcast. I'm like, how can I possibly do justice to this movie, to this minute? To like, <laughs> like well, we're totally under, yeah. Well, this is where I'm going to say, I think this is a perfect way to end the show. You are not an imposter, sure. John. You are not an imposter. <laughs> Number one, you belong in this crew. You wouldn't be here and especially back for a repeat visit if, um, I didn't love chatting to you about it and if you weren't a heat fan of the tallest order so thank you firstly secondly you are so right and that's you, 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 you've just verified precisely why it's important that um, we talked about this minute and you and I talked again on this show is the thrill the exaltation and the sheer tragedy all happening at once is exactly mm-hmm. why we watch movies because of you know the the place that movies can take us in these conflicting and, and, and ambivalent emotions about even just one single moment of this movie, um, all at once, one minute, one marvelously edited minute by Pasquale Mm -hmm. Booba. So John Abrams, editor of the daily grindhouse. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a part of one eight minute. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And again, you are not an imposter folks. Dailygrindhouse.net. John, real thing. John there around um, the lovely Mike Vanderbilt on there too. Um, uh, another another great guest of this show. Get on that um, on the Twitter. Um, it is uh, what's the best place to find you on the Twitter, John? John Zilla. John Zilla. I that's like right. how you say because you say Z. Uh, yes, at J O N Z. Yeah. Yeah, I said I, Z. That's, that's not interesting. I'm sorry. Z, now, now, if you even watch Australian kid shows, because we've been like <laughs> Sesame Street and it's always been Z for our whole life, it's Z or Z. So at John Zilla um, uh, underscore at the end, um, you'll find John, and I'll make sure that I link him up in the episode descriptions um, so you can find him if you want to check it out. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Mr. Garth Franklin, for our web design, Paul Davies for our theme. Thank you again, John. And we'll catch you on another episode of One Heat Minute, just around the corner. I just got this page. I need to jump down these stairs. (laughs) Glide away.